Hey, thanks for downloading and listening to the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. We'd love to stay connected on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or TikTok at NLC Downtown. We have devotionals, audio from our weekend messages, conversations about big topics and culture today, and lots of options for you to become a disciple of Jesus. We aren't just a Sunday church. We want to be here for you Monday through Saturday too. Looking forward to getting to know you better. Well, if you guys haven't had a chance to meet me, my name is Blake. I'm one of the pastors around here. Uh, Me and my lovely wife, Ashley, we uh, get the honor of being the M18 recovery directors. Uh, If you guys are unfamiliar with M18, what we uh, have here at New Life in downtown Little Rock is we actually have a residential uh, program for people overcoming drug and alcohol addiction right here. So if you're scared of addicts, uh, wrong church, uh, we're everywhere. So anyway, there's that. Yeah, give it up for that one because we are everywhere and uh, we're hiding too. Like you can't really just tell it. Uh, like we're, we're, we might be sitting beside you right now. Like, I don't know. So uh, anyway, we, uh, we, we might be talking on the stage right now. So that, <laughs> that, that, might, that, might be, that, that might be a real thing too. But uh, now we, uh, we, we love to get doing uh, what we get to do here and uh, just getting to teach up here. It's just phenomenal. Bronson, man, he misses you guys so much. Uh, there's one thing that I can tell you uh, about our pastor, Bronson Duke, and that is he absolutely loves teaching you guys, man. Like uh, that, that's one of his giftings. That's one of his callings. Uh, he loves to teach the word of God. And so we uh, want to keep them in, the, in, our, in our prayers. They're, uh, they're fine. Um, Judah, he's uh, in the hospital currently, and uh, he's just young. And whenever uh, something happens to a child that's young, they just really like to keep them in the hospital just so that everything can be monitored. And so everything's great. Test results are fine. Everything's good. Um, And so I just wanted to give that good report to you guys. Um, So one thing that that I really want to do is, uh, man, I I just want to encourage you guys to continue to pray for what's going on in, in the Ukraine. And like, uh, it, it's just crazy, man. Like, I, I just see that, that capital city, you know? And I, I, I mean, essentially, it's what I feel like would happen if someone tried to attack, like, Arkansas. I mean, like, pe- people just, they're, they're like, all right, go get your guns, you know what I mean? Like, it's time. And, uh, and so it's crazy. I, I don't think that they, they really anticipated the resistance, but it, it's, it's a lot closer to home than you might think. Um, one of our church members, a faithful member, um, her mother, uh, she's from Ukraine, and uh, her mother is actually in the capital city right now. And, uh, and so it's not like some distant land. Like we actually have a church member whose mother, they tried to get out and uh, they, they missed it by a day. And so like she's actually in there. And so she's been communicating uh, with them. And we've definitely been communicating with that family. Um, but it's just crazy the times, you know, that, that we live in. Um, and all I can say to that is, you know, but Jesus you know, like I know how it all ends. Like I, I don't necessarily know every step that it takes to get there, uh, but I know how it all ends. Like, like at the end of the day, I know that Jesus is Lord and I am his and I will rise in the resurrection whenever he calls me up. And so like that's the assurance that each and every one of you can have as well. And, and we, we have been promised storms. We have been promised turmoil on this earth, but Jesus and uh, it's kind of cool because we, uh, we got that right there. Who is Jesus? Um, it, it's neat because absolutely. And so we, uh, we look at who is Jesus and uh, we, we want to figure out, you know, what it is 
about Jesus that is so appealing and what it is that's so attractive of Jesus. And so what I want to challenge you to do is to lean in during this series that we're going to be entering into um, because Jesus has told us very blatantly who he is. And so we're going to explore a lot of those words that Jesus has spoken uh, to allude to who he is and the nature of Christ. But uh, do we have any Star Wars fans in the house? Like, all right, that's my hardcore fans. Uh, You guys might have a lightsaber in your car, uh, but uh, maybe rock the Padawan in the 90s. Uh, If you guys don't know what a Padawan is, I think I'm saying it right. It's that like a Jedi rat tail uh, that they got. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm super late to the game. Um, I, I'm about 44 years late. My wife and I, we, uh, we're, we're Star Wars fans. Like, we love it. it it's, it's something that has kind of hooked us. It's super family friendly. Uh, there's a lot of filth on TV. Uh, Star Wars isn't filthy, and we like that. And so we, uh, we've been watching it, and we watched it in a, the weirdest way possible. We started with The Mandalorian, all right? So Baby Yoda drew us in. Um, and my, my daughter, Bella, she looks a lot like Baby Yoda. She's got that wild, like, just that wild look in her eyes. She, she's got her mama's eyes, and her mama's got beautiful eyes. And, uh, but but, but the, the problem is, is they're the same size as Ashley's now, you know? And so, like, it, it's, uh, she's got this fuzzy hair, and uh, she really connects with her Baby Yoda doll as well, which is absolutely hilarious. But uh, as, as we've been watching it, um, we've... We've really developed like a, like a passion for this, but the one thing that bothers us more than anything else is you don't know what the people look like, right? Like, like it, it's like the whole time you're sitting there and you got this, this Mandalorian character and he's got this mask on and you're like, is he gonna take it off? Is he gonna take, you're like, I can't wait, whatever, Google it, you know what I'm saying? And so like, so here we are, we're Googling like what all of the actors and stuff actually look like so that we can get a, you know, an accurate portrayal. And the most disappointing to me was Darth Vader. And, and here's the thing, because he has the voice of James Earl Stinkin' Jones, okay? Mufasa, King Jaffe Jafar of Zamunda. And, and, and so that's who he sounds like. But he, whenever he takes it off, he's like this, this, this old dude that, anyway, I, I was just so disappointed. So I would have been furious if I would have waited six years, like what they used to have to, you know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't just go and Google it and type it in. Like you actually had to wait for the movie to be released in the theaters. Uh, no Pirate Bay, no torrenting, none of that. Like you actually had to, to make it happen. And so what, the reason I'm saying all this is because there are times, I think, in our lives and in our culture in which that Jesus has a mask on. It's not because he put it there either. Like, I think that Satan has devised this trick and this tool in which that he has actually masked what Jesus looks like. And so it causes us as individuals not to get an accurate portrayal of the man himself. Because whenever we look at Jesus and who he is, he is inherently good but society has given him all these, it's like a fun house. Like whenever you go into a fun house and you see all the mirrors that they have, like we have this distorted and this skewed image of who Christ is. And that's a trick in the tool of the enemy. Uh, every now and then I run into people that are extremely skeptical uh, about faith in it itself. And uh, what they'll do is they'll list out like 20 reasons 
why that they don't believe in God. And a lot of them are, are attributed to the character that they think Jesus possessed. They think that he's political. They think that he's hateful. Uh, they think that he's judgmental. Uh, all these things. And, and at the end of the conversation, you're like, wow, like I can really see why you dislike Jesus. But let me tell you, that's not who he is at all because the person that you're describing I would never follow either, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so what, what we're gonna do during this series on who is Jesus is we are going to peel back some of the layers and we are going to look at who Jesus says that he is. And uh, one of the coolest things that we uh, get to do is uh, we get to look at what he said. Like I said, blatantly, he tells us who he is. In Psalm 2410, one of the scriptures actually says, who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the king of glory. That is Jesus. The title of the message today is Jesus, the Good Shepherd. In John chapter 10, Jesus actually refers to himself as the Good Shepherd. What does that mean? Let's go to scripture. In John chapter 10, verses 10 through 15, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flocks and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for my sheep. Look, the craziest thing ever. God could have referred to us as any animal. He picked sheep. Are you kidding me? Like sheep, like that's, that's it. Like that's what we get. Think about the characteristics of sheep. Sheep aren't known for their brilliance, you know? Like, like there, there, there's no, there are no circus sheep. Like there's no sheep, dog, you know what I'm saying? Like they're sheep dogs, but I mean like, like not sheep that are actually herding cattle. Like they're actually dogs that keep the sheep corralled. Like you, you, you never see a seeing eye sheep, you know? Like, like they're, they're not like known for their intelligence. They, they do so much crazy stuff. In fact, if they will actually eat their own poop, if the, if the shepherd doesn't move them out of it to new grass. I mean, they're not the brightest animals. They can't defend themselves. No one ever, you know, I mean, they don't have fangs. Like, they don't, they don't get the venom, you know? Like, like, sheep, you never see a sign on someone's yard that's like, beware of sheep. <laughs> like, like, I mean, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Like, if you see a sheep, you just automatically assume that you can walk up to it, touch it, and pet it. They have zero defense. Look, the sheep have nerves. Did you know that? Like, not, not like nerves like they feel, but like they're actually emotional animals. Like, sheep, they've been known to struggle with stress. They've been known to struggle with anxiety. Like they actually have done studies in which that they look at a sheep's heart rate. And if a sheep cannot see the, the other sheep that are in its flock, its heart rate actually goes up. Or if it's being approached by strangers. How crazy is that, man? Like there are so many like things that we have that are correlated directly with sheep. Uh, they follow the herd, right? Like this is good or bad. Like it's their instinct. Like they stick with the herd. In 2005, in Turkey... There, I guess, was one anxious sheep that decided to jump off of a cliff. Like, it was like a sheep suicide. And the craziest thing is 1,500 sheep followed him, all right? Like, you could Google this, like 1,500 sheep. But here's the, the craziest thing is only 400 and I think 10 of them died. 
Okay, here's why. Because apparently 410 sheep make a pretty good landing zone, all right? And so the rest of them bounced off of the other sheep, okay? Now, some of you guys are absolutely mortified that I would say that in church. Some of you are laughing, but laughing quietly to yourself. And some of you are following sheep off a cliff. Boom, yeah, nobody saw that one coming. Yeah, dead sheep joke. All right, so here we go. So sheep, they can't clean themselves at all. Like, think about that. Like, a sheep will die in its filth. Like, they, they're, they're reliant 100% upon the, the farmer, uh, the shepherd, to, to clean them. If not, they will die in their own filth. Can I get an amen? Jesus is saying, come after me because I am the good shepherd. You need me. So what makes a good shepherd? Think about this. First and foremost, he holds you close to his heart. That's what Jesus does for us. You look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Have you ever thought of yourself like that? Like someone that Jesus loves, that he has like an intimate relationship with, that he holds you close to his heart? I'll never forget the first time that I ever felt this, this palpable feeling of God, this like presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I don't hide it. I was a drug addict. I think I might've talked about that in the very beginning, but whenever I was at John 316 Ministries after I had been incarcerated and released, um, I, I was in my room after a Bible study and I just remember thinking to myself like, wow, like I, I've experienced every pleasure that the world has to offer in excess, like just could never recreate it even if I tried. And I was done. Like, it led me to almost death, you know? I was knocking on death's door. I was incarcerated. The cops had kicked in my door. And, and I remember sitting there, and, I, and I, was, I was telling Jesus I was just renouncing, like, everything that I had done in my life. And, and I was just praying. I was on my knees. I was crying. And, uh, and I, I remember telling Jesus, I was like, look, if you'll use me, yeah. like, I'm yours, man. Like, like I, I have experienced following the things of the world, the trends, and, and, and seeking after fame and popularity and seeking after finances and just, I've done it all, seeking after feeling good, pleasure, all of that. And it got me nowhere. And so I remember, I was just saying, God, if you'll use me, I'm yours. And that night I remember laying there in my bed and I could feel the palpable presence, like the warmth of God just wrapped around me. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was his and he was mine. What I'm telling you is that's what God wants to do for each and every one of you. He loves you that much. It says that he holds you close to his heart. Like that same intimate relationship that, that you saw that he had in the Bible and you can read that he had with John and then he had with Peter. And he, he, he wants that. He wants that with you right here today. Because here's the thing. He says that we have the same relationship with him that he had with his father. There is a connectivity with the power of the Holy Spirit that we have the ability to commune with God in the same fashion that he communed with his Father. Like, we have that closeness, and that's what he wants for each and every single one of us. Uh, yesterday, it's super crazy. My wife, she's uh, leading a women's retreat this weekend. Um, I, I, she told me I couldn't say I was a single dad, um, but I, I'm parenting. Um, and, and, 
And it feels like I'm a single dad, though, because whenever you got two kids under two and a half and you're at the house, like my house looks like Vietnam. Like it is crazy right now. Ashley's going to come home and be like, what in the world is this? I was gone for 36 hours. And uh, but I, I was trying to study. And I remember that Bella was like wrapping herself around my leg. Blakely was crawling around like one of Saturn's rings around my head. And, and like I'm sitting there and every time I would go to type, like Blakely would just start hitting keys. And, and, and like at one point in time, I was like, man, there's got to be a nice boarding school in North Korea. You know what I'm saying? Like I just <laughs> like, like, how do I get them out of here? And, uh, and but even in that moment, the second that I got them down for a nap, man, I just remember looking and I was just watching the two of them sleep. And I was like, golly, man, I love those girls so much. Yes. That's what Jesus thinks about you. Even in your mess, all the time, no matter how much you feel like you have wore him out, he's looking at you and he's thinking about his fond feelings towards you and how much that he loves you. I remember Blakely um, Whenever she was a little baby, uh, she's two and a half now, so to call her grown will be a stretch. But uh, I, I remember that my whole life, I just try to stay out of the crosshairs of DHS, all right? Like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't really believe in, like, social norms. And, and, and so, like, anyway, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But we, we, we're not weird. We don't do anything crazy. But, like, we, we, ha- we would have to hold her to get her to go to bed. And we lived in an apartment complex. We used to live where the M18 guys do. And, uh, and, and I remember she would be screaming and crying. And, and, like, she just, she loves being around people. She loves being up. She loves being active. But she would just get so tired that it was like she couldn't take the next step into going to bed. And so what we would have to do whenever she was a tiny baby was we would have to lay there and we would have to hold her on our heart and, like, hold her on our chest and just let her cry for a little bit until finally she was like, all right, cool, I'm good. Like, and then she would go to sleep. And um, the, the reason I say that is because I think that there's a lot of people that that's really kind of what they're waiting on for Christ to do to them is like they don't know what to do next, you know? And, and so they're just running around and, and, they're, and they're just crying and, and they're, they're just, they're, they're wanting purpose in their life. Like they're wanting to know what direction to walk into. And, and like, they just really feel like that if God would just grab them and pull them close and, and just almost make them submit to what it is that he's calling them to do, that they feel like that's the only way that they're ever gonna get it right. And here's what I'm telling you. God is trying to do that right now. God is wanting you to draw. Scripture says that if you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. And so what he's doing is he's waiting on you to draw close to him because when you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. And then you will be able to feel the purpose and the power that comes along with it. Because I'm telling you right now, whenever you start releasing God's purpose in your life, you're going to have the power of God that comes along with it to help you activate that. And that's something that we all need as a church. Second, he became your substitute. What does that mean? There is an inward love that we have for Christ that ends up, we, we have an outward expression because of it. But whenever Jesus, whenever he became your substitute, he did something that you were unable to do. He laid down his life for you. Because here's the thing, we cannot live a perfect life. We can't. 
Scripture says that there is no, not one, that are righteous. What, what, what happens is if we actually read the lens of the Bible and we read it through like a, a, a lens in which that we're looking at good people and bad people and like we're trying to put ourselves in a category on whether or not we're a good person or a bad person, we're doing it all wrong, all right? Because all people are bad. Every single person is inherently evil. Jesus was the only one that is good, and that's a good thing. Because it shows that we have the ability to be righteous through him for what he done, not what we have to earn. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So when we are a part of Christ, when we're in Christ, we are now the righteousness of God. And that's a good thing because he is a good shepherd and that's what he does. He lays his life down for his sheep. Being a recovery pastor, it's the coolest job ever. It's as close to being a mob boss as you can be <laughs> and still be a pastor. I'm just throwing it out there. Like all I do is hang out with felons. Like that's it. And, and, and they're ready to roll. Like, I, I mean, like for real, like if, if, if they can do something for me, they would. And this is good news um, because I've got two daughters and I just, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like things, <laughs> I don't. Like, I mean, I haven't always been saved. Like every now and then, man, I got to crucify that old man. And so it, it, it's like if, if stuff pops off, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I really can't. But, but. But at the, at the end of the day, man, it's good to know that, that I got a bunch of hard-hitting ex-drug addicts that are right there by me that are, that are willing to do whatever needs to be done, you know? And probably a horrible, horrible analogy and way to, way to draw out this point. But you have a Savior that's willing to do what you can't do. And he defeated the devil and he defeated sin on your behalf. And you just get to walk in his goodness because of what he's done. And it's nothing that you've earned. It's grace. He offers it to you. He wants you to have it. He wants you to take it, but it's going to be your job to do it. All right. So lastly, he is pursuing you relentlessly. Man, I love this. There's somebody here today that's running and God wants you. God wants you. I know without a shadow of a doubt that he absolutely wants you. We have so many reasons to follow after Christ because he is an absolute good shepherd. And in 2 Samuel 14, 14, scripture says, all of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. How stinking awesome is that? That way that he devised from the separation, that way is Jesus. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life, and nobody gets to the Father except through him. That is the plan whenever we were separated from God through sin that he devised was for Jesus, the good shepherd, to lay his life down for his sheep. Crazy story. Um, there was a slave that um, ran away from his master. And um, the slave, he traveled what was essentially about equivalent 
to from here to the, to the West Coast. And uh, he was trying to get away. And uh, back in the, the time that this happened, uh, masters were able to punish their slaves as harshly as they chose even to death. But we, we, when we read about the story, we, we can see that the likelihood that he stole uh, from the master is, is pretty good. And so here, here, here you have this thief that was a slave that has, has ran away. So he runs um, to, to a pretty good distance, about to the equivalent of Los Angeles. And uh, there, all, all we know is that he was in, in jail. He wasn't incarcerated, uh, but somehow he ended up in, in jail. And uh, while he was in jail, uh, we find out that there's a jailhouse minister there. Uh, anybody, well, sorry, this is an M18. Probably y'all don't want to raise your hand about being in jail. So uh, you, for, you forget I teach the felons all day. So we, uh, he was there, and there was a jailhouse, uh, jailhouse pastor that was actually incarcerated. And, uh, and, the, and the man was, you know, leading Bible studies, and he was proclaiming the, the good news of Jesus. And, uh, and somehow this, this runaway slave that was a thief um, that was somehow in this jail uh, got saved. And uh, he started talking to the man who was teaching the gospel. And, uh, and, and you know how some people can get, like I know I was whenever I uh, first got saved, I wanted to tell everybody my story. And so he starts confessing and he starts talking about what he'd done. And so somehow he, he tells this man who's a prisoner, uh, who's in chains in, in this Roman prison, and uh, he tells him the story. Uh, and he says, hey, I, I stole from this guy. And I was a slave and, and I ran away and, and I got here. And, and the crazy thing about this whole story is right there, the man that had led him to Christ said, you know what? I actually led your slave master to Christ. And in that moment, he um, says, I have two letters that I would like to send with you that I need you to get out of this jail for me. And uh, that's how that we get the two books of the Bible, Colossians and Philemon, um, because Philemon was the slave master and uh, Onesimus was the runaway slave. And so he told him whenever he gets back to hand in this letter, and if you guys read the book of Philemon, uh, you'll see that Paul tells him not only to welcome him as the return, but also to recognize him as a fellow brother in Christ. And so what I want you to get out of that story is no matter how hard you've been running, whether or not that you feel like that you have been enslaved, whether or not that you are a thief, no matter what it is, God is searching after you and he wants you to return to him. He wants you to give up all the things that you've thought that you wanted to follow in the world to follow him because he and only he is good. Whenever I was pursuing Ashley, I, uh, I put myself in some, uh, some, some, some funny places to try to get her to notice me. Um, I'll never forget it. Like it was like, I just kept popping up. I actually, uh, held a conference um, just so that I could hang out with her more. And uh, it's just so, so neat the things that, that we'll go to, the links that we'll go to in order to get the attention of the ones that we, that we love and that we have affection for. And I just, Jesus is running after you the same way that we would run after somebody that we love. He wants that alone time. He wants that time 
that he can spend with you in, in intimacy so that you can get to know him better. I always tell people, I say, man, there ain't nobody that was ever pursuing a female that was like, hey, I just hope that we can all hang out with, together as friends, you know, like just big groups of people, you know, like I, I really don't want to be alone with you, you know, like, like just, just, just big corporate outings and events. Like that's the only time that we ever get to spend together. And, and, and Jesus is the same. Anybody that you want to get to know, you're going to have to spend time alone with, but Jesus is willing to come to you and meet you wherever you're at. He's in hot pursuit of you. Some of you guys are here right now and you, you've been seeing the same scripture on mailboxes and bumper stickers and every time you turn on the radio, like, I mean, God is, that's God. He's calling after you. He is trying to get you to stop running. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He says that if you will open the door, that he will come in and he will dine with you. He will have a meal. God is calling you. That is what that feels like. It's, it's God telling you to stop running and to allow him to catch you. I love the book of Exodus. In Exodus, it's the story about the deliverance of God's people. And um, it's crazy. They go through all these plagues and they go through um, in order to get uh, Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. Um, I, I read it this week and there's one, one verse that I had never really looked at or that hadn't stuck out. And um, it's whenever they get to the plagues of the frogs. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys can imagine this, but like there were just frogs everywhere. Uh, like, I don't even know what that looks like. I guess Louisiana, I, I don't have a clue, but it, it, it was just, just these frogs like everywhere. That's where you get like of biblical proportions. And, and there was nowhere, like, I mean, in the bed, like coming out of the food, like frogs everywhere. Well, um, Moses, he goes up to Pharaoh and, and this is a crazy, crazy interaction to me because he tells Pharaoh, he says, I, I'll make it stop. He says, when do you want me to make it stop, right? Now, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like yesterday, can, can we do that? But no, Pharaoh, listen to what he says. Pharaoh actually says, let's do it tomorrow. Like, what is that? Let's do it tomorrow. But then I thought about it. How many people are waiting until tomorrow to do what needs to be done today? Like, it needs to be done right now. Like, stop running. Don't take this moment. Don't waste this, this, this God moment in which God has been drawing you closer and closer and closer to him through the spirit and then squander it. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus is knocking on your heart and he wants you to let him in. Some of you have been waiting for this moment for a very long time. And I hope today you finally make the decision to allow Jesus to be the shepherd of your life. So if you can just bow your heads with me right now and just honor the privacy of the people around you. I just wanna give you an opportunity. If you're anything like I was and you've tried everything that you can possibly do of your own power and your own might and none of it has ever seemed to work and you feel like God's been running after you relentlessly, you might not even have really known that it was God that was chasing you, but here lately, you're beginning to believe it. I just want you to take the next step and just make a decision today that you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I've asked Jesus to be savior numerous amounts of times, but it wasn't until I allowed him control of my life and asked him to be Lord that my life got any different. And I think some of you, 
you've asked Jesus to be your savior multiple times and you can't figure out why your life isn't any different. And I'm here to tell you, it's because you need a shepherd. And if you think that that might be you today, I don't wanna wait until tomorrow. I wanna start right now. 